thank you for downloading episode 109 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Really, really good turn by Jonathan Lecco and suddenly he's on the edge of the box. Pulls the trigger as well. That's the first decent opportunity inside the fourth minute here at Stadium MK. Jonathan Lecco returning to the starting line for MK Dons. Mm. Spun away really well from his man there. Here come MK Dons with Jonathan Lecco. Tries to curl it into the top corner from 20 yards out and it's over the angle. McEachran, edge of the box is Connor Grant and the shot comes in. That's a good smart stop low down to his right hand side there by Connor Ripley. And that's the fourth time that uh, MK have been in just on the edge of the box there. And it was Mo Isa with a snap effort from the edge of the area and a nice stop. Simeo again on halfway. Morecambe just happy to play a bit of possession until the opportune moment to pick that killer ball. Crowley, Shaw down this. In fact, it's Love on the right-hand side. Gets the cross in. It might fall for Suare on the right-hand side. Just get the volley in there. It's Papa Suare and tie over Jamie Cummings' crossbar. Crowley takes the deflection. Oh, 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 and I think that's going to be the story of the second half as well it's just going to be can either team create that moment of magic to unlock the door and perhaps score what might be a winning goal I think it's going to be tight hopefully it can be the Shrimps with their second away win of the season Harvey on the halfway line on the left hand side then McEachran goes up and over MK Dons are in here on the left hand side of the box it's going to be tapped in for 1-0 at the back post by Jonathan Lecco and as soon as I say that MK Dons unlocked the door, Harvey down the left-hand side and we switched off for a moment in the middle of the park and Jonathan Lecco on his return to the side sweeps it into the far post from about eight yards out to make it MK Dons one more come nil. Yeah, it's a cruel blade for the Shrimps that just after a period where they're really getting on top and looking like they could turn the screw on the, on MK Dons, they went down the counter-attack, a great run from Daniel Harvey, put it across and Jonathan Lacko put it in. So, a tough moment for Morecambe. Couldn't quite defend the flank as they would have liked. Um, and uh, now it's, they've got it all to do in these, uh, the last uh, 34 minutes. And that's been the story of the season, Gab. Playing well in general play, nothing in it. And then suddenly, one pass, all it took. And MK Dons are in down that left-hand side. Pulled the ball back and Lecco had the... Uh, it was a nice tidy finish, actually, with the inside of his right foot to steer it in at the far post nothing that Connor Ripley could have done and again away from home it's a mountain to climb on 58 minutes MK Dons won Morecambe nil yeah tough moment for Morecambe but can they respond because they've not been bad this afternoon I think in general play they've been the better side MK probably had the better moments uh, the closest thing to chances and they had it there and, and put it away but MK haven't been bad and they might only take one or two substitutions 
to get them back into this game. That one picked up by Crowley. Lovely ball for Austerfield inside the centre circle. And that's nicely into the path of Ashley Hunter, who might uh, think about it on his oh! right foot. Very similar to the goal he scored against Oxford United seven days ago, but he just didn't quite catch it as well as he did last weekend at the Mazuma Stadium. Jint onto his left, back onto his right, just inside the box. And that's an easy save, low down to his right-hand side by Jamie Cumming. But at least it's finally a shot on target. Best throw into the game, I think, from Ashley Hunter. But... I think I don't think it's a coincidence that that's come just after Adam Mayer's come on because Adam Mayer's making the run that maybe drags Henry Lawrence away, which means Hunter has a bit of space to cut onto his right foot and get that shot away. Lecco, nice turn. Might think about a shot here. Lecco does think oh. about a shot. It's on oh. the way and oh. might dribble over the line. It just falls the wrong side of the post for MK Dons. Lecco got a fierce right-footed drive away, palmed away really well by Connor Ripley. Isa couldn't direct the rebound on target and we just about get lucky. And it's MK Dons who are coming strong in the closing moments. They are inside the Morgan box. Get a shot away as well, Eddie Wilgrim. That's blocked away by the legs of Connor Ripley. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Mayor with it, left-footed, a really congested penalty area. It might fall for Dan Crowley who tries to get a daisy cutter going. That one blocked away and it's cleared up towards the halfway line and Donald Love can clear the ball away. But the referee puts the whistle to his lips and that is a crucial, crucial win in MK Dons' survival campaign. They've beaten Cambridge, they've beaten Accrington and now they have beaten Morecambe. Three teams in and around them at the foot of the League One table. All three games by a goal to nil. It was that Jonathan Lecco effort on 57 minutes, the difference between the two sides with committed men up from the back uh, for a free kick. That was cleared away. Harvey broke down the left-hand side. One pass was all it took to unlock the door. Harvey in the box, cleared, uh, squared the ball across, and there was Jonathan Lecco returning to the starting lineup after suspension for MK Dons this afternoon to sweep the ball past Connor Ripley at the far post from about eight yards out to what proved to be the winning goal here at Stadium MK this afternoon. We needed to get a positive result today with what we've got coming down the track. Barnsley, Plymouth, Portsmouth, Wickham, a trip to Charlton, all coming up in the next few weeks. But the reality was, yet again, Morecambe found themselves toothless in the final third. Not much on target at all, just an Ashley Hunter shot midway through the second half. Really about the sum total of all the MK Dons keeper Jamie Cumming had to do in the whole of the 90 minutes. Connor Ripley wasn't called into too much action himself, but it was just that switch off for half a second again, and that is what cost Morecambe the points this afternoon or getting anything positive from this game. EFL pundit Gabriel Sutton alongside myself, Dave Salmon. Gab, what did you make of it today? Well, Dave, I think most, you know, if this was played earlier in the season where the stakes were a little bit lower, I think you'd probably say you're a Morecambe fan, you take some encouragement from this afternoon's performance. The fact they got into the final third far more than their host did, the fact that they controlled the more of the midfield, the fact they got their wing backs higher up than their host for more of the game, lots of territorial advantages, and from that point of view, there's lots of positives. And in, in one sense, the stats were a bit misleading because they, they had a lot more attacking intent than one shot on target would suggest, but they just didn't have the quality on this occasion to really make that count. And from what you've been saying, Dave, that's pretty much the story of the season for the trip. So some positives, yes, but ultimately it doesn't mean too much because it is all about the results. It's a business end of the season and Morecambe haven't got the result they wanted.
and that's the difference between the Shrimps and MK Dons, isn't it? MK have played the teams around them in the relegation dogfight. That's three straight 1-0 wins now for Mark Jackson's men to propel them a good four or five points clear of trouble going into the last seven, eight games of the season. And we haven't managed to do that. We got a point against Forest Green Rovers. We got a point against Cambridge. We needed to get a, at the very least a bare minimum point today and we haven't managed to do so. Yeah, a uh, very disappointing afternoon from uh, from that perspective, certainly. Uh, and, and the other thing is, I I've not been impressed by MK Dons this afternoon. Um, OK, they've been solid enough defensively with that back three of Watson and Tucker and Lewington, but going forward, um, you know, they've not really created an awful lot and uh, they've not really been able to control much of this afternoon. I don't think Markham were blown away by MK Dons. Uh, OK, they've got some individual quality and that counted for the goal, but, um, yeah, I think it's really disappointing because this was a great opportunity to, A, get some points on the board and, B, maybe draw a relegation rival in. At the moment, the gap to MK Dons has increased and now it's looking like you've got to finish above both Accrington Stanley and uh, Oxford United. So, um, yeah, a disappointing afternoon for, for the Shrimps. And with the games coming down the track, Gab as well, as we've alluded to, Barnsley next up at Oakwell, and then it's league leaders, Plymouth Argyle, well, going for automatic promotion. Both of those sides wouldn't rule them out for automatics as the rain starts to absolutely hammer down here at Stadium MK. And then Portsmouth on Easter Monday. We've got to go away to Wickham, away to Charlton. The last seven games, we've got to pull two, maybe three shock results out of the bag to lift ourselves outside that bottom four. Well, the way Barnsley are playing, Dave, I think it'll be very difficult to get anything there. And Plymouth Argyle are such a good side. You never know with Markham and their home form, but that's going to be difficult to get more than one point from those two games. So I think this is a huge missed opportunity. So yes, we can sit here and say lots of positives from the performance, and that's true. But ultimately, it was all about the results, especially with some of the fixtures coming up. And now I'm um, more than having all to do in these next couple of games. And that's the thing, though, Gab, as we alluded to throughout the commentary this afternoon. You can be as neat and tidy in possession as you like. You can match your opposition in terms of touches of the ball, possession, all of those stats. But none of them matter if you don't get the ball in the back of the net. And if you don't create the chances to get the ball in the back of the net, you're not going to score enough goals to win games of football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... I. You know, Derek Adams tried to change things up by making that triple substitution on the hour mark. And I think, to be fair, there were moments where it looked like Adam Mayer coming on could could really lift the shrimps. But um, I think it was... Uh I, don't, I feel like I want more from Cole Stockton. He's a senior player. He's someone who's been through the club's rise. Morecambe need Cole Stockton to step up. Whether he's going to be here next season, I, I, I do question uh, his performances a little bit. I'd be a bit concerned about that. Um, and, uh, and, and he's going to be such an important player in the running because uh, Cole Stockton at his best is going to make a massive difference. But we've not seen enough of, him, uh, of that from him uh, so far this season. And it's not just Cole Stockton. Listen, it's been the whole team that Morecambe are in this situation for... Uh, for many reasons, but um, yeah, disappointing afternoon for sure. Derek, uh, your reaction to this afternoon's result? Yeah, I thought we played very well today. Uh, in the first half, I thought we were excellent. Uh, the way we passed the ball, we we, we opened up uh, MQ Dons. We could have been better in the final third at times with a choice of passing, but. Uh, you know, over the afternoon we've come here, we've dominated uh, MK Dons in the passing, the possession. The one thing we haven't done uh, is get enough shots on target when we've been in around that 18-yard box. But uh, that's where we are. You know, uh, the players are trying exceptionally hard to to get that uh, wins. But uh, you know, we've just come up short today. 
on the plus side, I guess, you restricted them to very few opportunities. That, that's been a, a problem. You know, we, we haven't allowed the other team to get many opportunities in the game. And today, you know, we, we've we've come here, we've played better than MK Dons today, we've passed the ball very well, and we've coped well with the threats that they had. But they've come away with a goal. We make a mistake down the side and, uh, you know, they, they score. Fair to say at the other end, uh, the final ball at times was lacking. Yeah, that's where we've, we've come up short. You know, we've, we've, we haven't found the right pass or the right moment to get our shots off. We could have done that better, but, um, you know, that's the reason, you know, we are where we are at this moment in time. Given the respective league positions of yourself and MK Dons, the gap is now five points. Uh, you're three points from safety. Just how concerned are you at this stage of the season? Well, it's where we are. Uh, we were always going to be. Uh, I don't think Morecambe had any illusions of grandeur coming into this division uh, the budget will tell you that uh, the resources will tell you that uh, and uh, the reason we're in the division is because we got from League 2 and uh, a bottom of league table budget to uh, League 1 and uh, you know we're not here because of finance we're here because of uh, management players uh, that have got this football club to where it is no one else and you know uh, that's that's what we try to do you know we had a, a small band of supporters here today travelled far uh, with us and uh, we respect you know they spend a lot of money and they're spending uh, to come and support their football club and uh, we really appreciate that how would you assess the, the the spirit of the players in the dressing room right now I think the spirit's fantastic. You know, we are disappointed we've lost the game, but you can see them. They keep on going and they keep on going. And we can't ask any more of them. They're, they're playing to the best of their ability. Uh, we've come here and dominated. Not many teams come and dominate um, Kudons, and we certainly haven't done in the past, and uh, today we did that. Are you confident that you will survive this season? I have no idea. I don't know. You know, uh, the players, the staff, we're trying our best. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. We'll just keep on working hard uh, to keep ourselves uh, in the division. We can see that week on week. You know, last week against Oxford, today against MQ Dons, the players are giving their all. A week now before your next game, uh, Barnsley away, which clearly a team that are pushing for promotion. It's fair, it's fair to say at this stage of the season they're all difficult, but that is particularly a difficult game for you, isn't it? That's uh, a, a difficult one. They've come off beating uh, Sheffield Wednesday 4-2, and uh, you know they do go to Exeter uh, in midweek. But you know from our point of view, it, it's another game for us. You mentioned the supporters there; they, they've travelled a long way this afternoon. What's your message for them today? Yeah, I mean, we've only got a small band of supporters, but they come with us week in, week out. We would love to have thousands of supporters like opposition takes to us, but we're a small football club uh, fighting uh, above our weight, and we respect that uh, it's really expensive nowadays to travel, uh, and that's why uh, we only have a small band with us. Just uh, just sort of looking at the, the league table as a whole, at the picture right now, does the fact that MK Don's a team that for the last two or three years have been pushing for promotion from this division have found themselves at the bottom end of the table this year, does that give a reflection in terms of just how difficult this league is? I don't need to reflect. Many people do have to reflect. We've come here to a 30,000-seater stadium, a team that have tried to get from the championship into the premiership. Um, it's an outstanding stadium to be in and uh, you know they spent you know a lot of money over the years and uh, I, I don't need to reflect I understand where Morecambe Football Club is uh, at this moment in time I spoke about it uh, earlier on this season and uh, unfortunately uh, you know I've in a situation where it's extremely difficult to manage and uh, you know the owners the the board uh, understand that just one final question uh, any any injuries you've picked up this afternoon no not this afternoon we're fine Dinell, uh, ultimately a disappointing afternoon for you again today. Um, 
nah, yeah, for sure. I think we're all frustrated. Um, it was a game where in the first half I thought we played very well. I thought we was on top, moving it around their box. The counter press was good. We was all putting our bodies on the line. And I think we really took the game to them. And from, from what I've heard, it's very hard to come here and dominate like we did in the first half. But it doesn't mean anything if we don't take our chances, you know. At the end of the day, we've had one shot on target. It's not good enough and we know that. But I think um, now it's important to stick together. We've got a tough run of, of fixtures now, but we've got to be, remain positive and keep that fight. Just said to the manager, I guess the one encouraging aspect is, again, you were fairly solid defensively, but in the final third, the, the final ball was lacking or it just didn't make it stick up there. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, I think, I think they, their, their attackers looked, looked a threat, you know, but I think we did well was putting our bodies on the line, we were all fighting, you could tell we really wanted that clean sheet and today just wasn't our day, you know. I think just one ball over the top and just for a split second they, they, they punish us, but that's what we have to do to teams because I don't think there were any, any great, they weren't much greater than us with, with, without um, disrespecting them, but I think we need to take our chances, you know. Sometimes we need a bit of luck, but just need to shoot maybe ricochets it might go in you know hit the post go in so I think we need to stick at it you can see there we're doing the right things um, if if the last bit comes in place you know the goals I think would be a threat people talk a lot about psychology in football and, and mental attitudes when you do go a goal behind you've only won away fr once from home this season in the league is there a bit of here we go again when, when that happens or I can only talk for myself on that, you know. I try to stay optimistic, I try to lift the lads, but any footballer would say it's a sucker punch when a goal comes against the run of play, I'd say. But say against the run of play, I don't think we came out particularly sharp in the second half as a team. But I think it's, it's just about remaining positive, you know. A game's 90 minutes, there's miracles and stuff, but I think now we go back, we stick together and we go again. You look at the run of fixtures that you've got remaining now and on paper they look very tough but the fact that you're playing up against top the teams at the top end of the division does that maybe in a sense play into your hands in as much as many people will look at it from the outside and think you don't have a chance do, do you get that sort of siege mentality i don't know because at the end of the day it's us and the players on on the pitch you can you can have a have an effect on the game forget what people say and stuff we believe in the manager he's going to give us a game plan and Ultimately, we have to go out to every single one of them games and try and try and win. And it's important that we don't lose, but I think we just have to try try and win. You know, every game's a, a cup final now. I think um, the last few games we've been well, we've been we've been trying, but now it's forget forget the performance. We just need results. I think you know because I think since I've been here, that's some of the best football we've played in the first half. But I think you you learn with experience. Uh, um, it's the results which count. You know, we've got a young side, and I think it's time to. To, to start getting them results. How do you sense the mood in the camp at the moment? Are you still confident that you can achieve survival this year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's still tight at the bottom. I think MK's win takes them five points above us. But if we can win games, we shouldn't look at other teams. We should just try and focus on ourselves. We win games, we pull teams down and it makes it more interesting. It's just unfortunate that I don't think we have anyone at the bottom to play. But we've made it hard for ourselves. So it's only down for us, not the fans. It's down to us to get ourselves out of there. And history shows at this stage of the season, uh, there's always a team that tends to pick up results that nobody would expect. Uh, you do get sort of strange results at this stage of the season, so that must give you hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we're due a bit of luck, to be fair. I think we're due a bit of luck. I think we've been very naive throughout the season, you know. 
we're, we're all a, a nice bunch of lads, probably a bit too nice. Hence why we haven't had no penalties, you know, um, things have been going against us. Like, uh, I don't want to talk bad about the ref, but what, what I heard him say, which is the fact is, two wrongs make a right when he gave them the goal kick, which should have been a corner. That's, I'm not saying he was wrong, like I'm not, I'm not against him, but that's what, what he said. So we did it after luck from there, obviously. He said he made a mistake, but hopefully we get, get a bit of luck, you know. And those kind of things at this stage of the season, when you are struggling, they do tend to go against you when you're a team down the bottom end, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we need um, a bit of help from the fans, a bit of help from, from the refs, you know. Obviously, I know they're, they're working hard. It's not easy to get everything correct, so I'm not going to criticise them. But if, if we can try and make as many things go play into our hands, then hopefully things will go well. Still a word for the fans as well. They've made a long journey down here uh, this afternoon and got behind you there, didn't they, throughout the afternoon? No, no, definitely, yeah. Um, just want to say thank you to every single one of them. I'm not sure how many were there, but they were heard, you know, getting behind us after every tackle. And it's not an easy journey. We did it yesterday and we managed to stay overnight. So thank you to everyone and get back home safe. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for downloading this episode. We always appreciate it. Always available, of course, via Apple, Google and Spotify. Search the Shrimps Verdict smart speaker too and uh, the fullback catalogue at the podcast section at beyondradio.co.uk onwards uh, we go then seven games left to save our league one season and we've got some really tough fixtures coming up Wickham Wanderers and Plymouth still to come to the Mazuma Stadium away trips to Portsmouth and Charlton in the coming weeks as well but next Saturday uh, we are away at promotion chasing automatic promotion chasing dare I say Barnsley looking forward to heading to Oakland well, it's going to be another tough game on the road for Derek Adams' men in League One. Full match commentary Saturday afternoon if you're not heading down to the game. FM, DAB, I follow Shrimps, of course. We'll be on air from 2.45 for Team News, the Builder and the whole game live. Now, ahead of the game, I've been talking to the fabulous Carlo van der Watering. Carlo is a, a Dutch um, Barnsley fan, uh, now exiled in Yorkshire, if that makes sense. But uh, a huge Tykes fan and uh, the ideal man uh, to get the full lowdown on Michael Duff's men ahead of our trip to Oakwell this coming Saturday and uh, he's also the uh, one of the presenters of the fantastic Reds Report which you can simply search on all the usual pod providers social media channels as well to get a proper insight into Barnsley ahead of our game next weekend and you may notice that in some of my questions to Carlo, you'll hear a very slight echo in the background. Uh, I apologise for that. It's uh, simply down to technical incompetence on my part. And our slogan has always been by the fans, for the fans. Uh, we've been going, we're in our ninth season now and we've done everything from local radio to being the official club podcast to then go through lockdown and do podcasts and YouTubes on Twitter at RedsReport underscore. Um, it's a weekly podcast. It's the three of us. Uh, it's myself, Steve and Ian. And it's uh, imagine three middle-aged gentlemen talking in the pub leisurely about what's going right, what's not going, and putting the world to rights. And that's basically the Reds Report in 20 seconds. <laughs> a little caveat to people listening to this. We're recording this on on Wednesday evening. Uh, you played Sheffield Wednesday on Sky uh, last night. And w- I've got to say, Obviously, a great win for yourselves, but what a great advert it was for League One football as well. Absolutely, um, you know it, it, it's a standing sort of joy. You know, Sheffield Wednesday, as you know, they are massive. Apparently, they sold a million tickets, but there were only five thousand people allowed because of that massive. So, listen, it's 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 a Tuesday night game, which takes maybe a little bit away from the atmosphere. But um, they sold four thousand. They sold their 
you know, there and their allocation out. Uh, the rest was all sold out. I think it, it was it was a great advert for League One football, first and foremost. And I have to say that even the referee in most parts did really well. Um, it was a great effort for South Yorkshire football because Barnsley is often seen as, you know, the poor sibling, the poor cousin to that massive Leeds, well, no, Leeds is West Yorkshire, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, Rotherham, even Doncaster at times. So it, it, I thought for a neutral, that's probably the best way to spend a Tuesday night. Oh, it was great. Uh, I think it shows that Sky and the other broadcasters should put more uh, League One games on telly. It was it was a really, really good advert for the game. Some cracking football and and, and, and it makes us a little bit worried having to come to you next uh, Saturday. You scored some fantastic goals as well. Yeah, and I'll be honest, if if you look, listen, of course I'll say it, but badly as if we took our chances. We didn't have as many chances and Wednesday were probably a little bit off it. Um, you know, two early goals... And you have to give credit to Sheffield Wednesday for coming back from 2-0 down to 2-2. And then I thought, you know, this is squeaky bum time. But, you know, we, we battled through. Um, and I think what you, what you see in, a, in, in the Barnsley side is that tenacity and that togetherness. They're all covering for each other. It's, it's one unit sticking to the game plan. Um, and it feels like we're getting like an identity again. Like if people play Barnsley, you like to think like, we know how they play. We, we, we know what, you know what we can expect. And, and it's been probably since Valerian Ismail that people can say that about Barnsley. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a great advert for football. And the thing is as well, you know and I know, and it might not always be six goals, but League One football is great to watch. It is so open. You know, anything, anything can sort of happen. And, you know, I've, I've often said to my mates, um, if, if Barnsley's not playing, we would rather go and maybe watch like a Doncaster or even a Saturday league team here in Barnsley than, than going to Leeds or watch something on Sky. Because I think it's all from grassroots up. It's just honest. It's just hardworking individuals coming together as a collective to try and get the best for a team. So, um, yeah, it, it, listen, it was, it was a great advert for, for everyone in League One. So, obviously, if you like League One football that much, Carlo, you're not going to be bothered about getting promotion this season. No, obviously, we want to stay in this league because it does. <laughs> um, nah, it's. it's um, I, I think it, most fans, if you're honest, you're looking and you're saying, we, we will probably have, hopefully, if you continue playing like this, secure the playoff place. But it's not beyond the realm to try and get that second automatic. Um, we, Sheffield Wednesday have played the same amount of games as us, but I think we still have one or two in, in, in you know, uh, in hand. And and if you look at you know the the month that we we've had, um, so in in March we, we we had Bristol Rovers away, which was a nil nil, and then we had Portsmouth at home, Plymouth at home, Wickham away, Sheffield Wednesday at home. It, it was all like top six, top seven, and and and. The Wicker match, 1-0 away, you know, it, it, it's a win and um, that was good. But, you know, we put three past Plymouth, we put three past Portsmouth. So it, it, it would be great and it would be a fairy tale. My worry is always, um, and I know most fans will probably not agree, I always think when you've got a new manager in, a new player, this is fantastic, this is great. I'd always, I'd like to have a go at it and then dominate and then go up rather than at the first time of asking. Because too often, Barnsley in the last few years has been that yo-yo club. We go up and the whole town is, you know, an extra bank holiday. And then we start playing in the championship and, you know, we're losing every week and we're going down again. And you want to you want to move away from that yo-yo and you want to become that established championship club. But with Michael Duff at the helm and his new board, who knows? But I would, well, honestly, Dave, you know, if they offer us uh, automatic promotion, we'll probably take it, yeah. Oh, go on then, go on then. Uh, well, I think you've got the playoffs already pretty much assured, haven't you? 72 points, I think 75, 76 is usually 
gets at least sixth place. So uh, job done there, I suppose. Six points, the gap. But like you say, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? It only takes a couple of results swing either way. And then suddenly, everything to play for in the last few games. Yeah, you know, the weird thing is, we were supposed to play Ipswich on Saturday. Um, so that was another, that, that shows you how difficult March. But because of international call-ups, that one's been... Uh, postponed till a later date and then the silly thing is I think Ipswich now only have two international call-ups because one didn't make the final squad I would have thought that Michael Duff would have been on the phone last night at the EFL saying please let us play because when you get these results and you're in that run but yeah you know we're in fourth uh, we're level on points with with Ipswich who are above us uh, with a game in hand so yeah it's but it makes it it for us, but it makes it interesting, doesn't it? Because um, we know, um, you know, people say, would you rather have points in the bank or, you know, I think the clubs above us, Ipswich, who are on a great run themselves, um, you know, they, they'll be looking over their shoulders knowing what we're doing. Sheffield Wednesday came to a, 20, was it 23 games yesterday on beat and run that came yeah, to an end? Yeah. So, um, there'll be, I, my guess is, and, you know, I, I do think between Plymouth and, and, and Sheffield Wednesday, one of those will go up automatically. Um, I reckon between Barnsley, Ipswich, um, and and the other one, that'll be the other automatic promotion. So yeah, there's there's lots to play for still. And and in terms of League One at the top of the uh, top end, Carlo, you look at all the great teams and the teams have had great seasons. Not only the top four, of which yourselves is one, of course. I know Derby and Bolton have slightly faltered in recent weeks, but it it seems almost inconceivable that only three of those sides are going to be in the Championship next year. That shows the quality of League One this time round. It it it's been people talk about League One like a you know oh League One, but you look at some of these teams and and the history they've got in football. Um, you know, we, we know about obviously Sheffield Wednesday, but um, I thought Derby would have been probably higher up than us. You know, you look at the players that they've got, and, and if you look, and not being disrespectful to any club, but that doesn't look like a League One squad. But it shows that you can have all the players. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get all the results because we've struggled against the likes of, like as I said, Exeter. That literally. Because I think the bigger club you are, the bigger scalp you are as well. And people will probably want to come to Oakwell and upset. Because if you if you consider yourself the underdog or whatever, you play with that little bit of freedom. And I think that's going to be the key to whoever Barnsley sort of face next. But it's 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 been, and I know there's matches still to go, it's just been a brilliant season. And um I suppose for, for for next season as well, isn't it? Like, you know, there'll be a few of these clubs that have done really well this season that are just gonna to have to try again next year to try and get out. I suppose, like you say, whatever happens, it's been a, a fantastic season. And if you do need to go again next year, as, as disappointing as that would be, you know, you're going to be uh, well equipped to do so. So uh, tell us then all about Duff Ball and Carlo, the Michael Duff revolution. It's been quite something, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, um, we've been saying for a, a long time on the podcast, after the last few managers we had, that, you know, we, we, there needed to be a change of direction. Um, everything was always stats-based with Barnsley. The players we bring in are based on stats, but, but managers as well and coaches. And, and when you've got people coming from... no, I'm Dutch, so no disrespect to people not being English, but it just felt that their ideas got lost in translation. Um, I mean, Michael Duff, he's, he's very much sort of like a one-man, sort of one-club man, isn't he? You look at, like, you know, Burnley, where, you know, he played um, Cheltenham as a, as, as a manager... Um, this is his second. This, this, this is his second club in his sort of like managerial career, and it just fits. It. He, I think what what impressed me is that he spent a lot of time um, trying to get over to the to the players. What Barnsley is about, and I've said it before, and I will say it again: the best thing about this town 
is the football club. I know they're regenerating the shopping centre, but I don't really do shopping, so that doesn't interest me. And I know we've got a cinema with seven screens, but I'd rather watch Sky Sports on a Tuesday night when it's League One. So the only thing for me and for a lot of people who work very hard for the money in difficult times is to go to Oakwell on a Saturday and spend, you know, hard-earned money to watch their team. And, uh, you know, early on in the season, he, he took them to the National Coal Mining Museum, which is not far from here, and, and sort of listening to the old coal miners and, you know, what the day shifts and double shifts that they did. And it, it brought a real togetherness. And then with the recruitment, especially in January, so I said the, 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 the goalkeeper, who we've got on loan from, our keeper went to Luton and then we loaned theirs. Um, you know, Bobby Thomas, Burnley defender who's, who's on loan, you saw him yesterday, you know. Um, for the first time in a long time, you can say after the transfer period that Michael Duff has actually added to the squad. When when he put the substitutions on yesterday, Luke Thomas, for instance, I know he was at the club already, but you don't lose anything. You, it's not like you're exchanging your Merc and, and you know, you're putting a Volvo on. It, it's literally like it's, it's the same make, it's just fresher legs. And um, he's got this knack of almost like keeping all the players happy because some players are regular starters. Others will be mostly substitutes, but they've got a role to play. And I think you saw yesterday with, with like the likes of Luke Thomas, with the likes of Max Watters, they've, they've played a really, really, really big role. So there is a huge togetherness. He talks about the game plan and, and, and sticking to it and how important it is. And he's very humble. And I think uh, for this part of the world, anywhere Northern really, um, I think that, that, that speaks volumes about the man. Now, one player who's uh, had a, a great season by all accounts uh, and a player who we obviously uh, admire very much is Adam Phillips for his spells at the club uh, at Morecambe over the last few seasons. It looks like he's had quite the season. When he, when he first joined, he, he, he was sort of like invisible, like he was playing, but you never really noticed him. Um, I haven't got the stat to hand, but I believe in the last 10 or 11 matches he's played, I think, did he like score three and four assists or something like that? He... You forget at times that he's playing, but then he'll pop up with a goal. Normally, it will be from outside the box or an assist. And um, Michael Duff talked to the press a couple of weeks ago about how important it is for Adam Phillips to, to fill the other 18 minutes of the match as well and to be seen. But the work rate, um, I mean, he had a shot yesterday and um, I think it, it went out of the stadium probably landed near Wakefield somewhere. And he just had this big grin on his face and you sort of... Um, he is just so likeable. And I know a lot of Barnsley players are sort of looking and thinking, you know, what, whatever happens, that's the kind of players that, that, that we need. He, he brings experience, talent, bit of pedigree. And um, in, in that, that midfield is very important for, for Michael Duff. And um, we're now coming to a point where you can literally, you, you know, we can write the team sheet, who's going to start, who's going to go where. And, and Phillips is one of those names that will be first on the team sheet. So he's, he's a vital part of the success that we're having at the moment. I suppose, Carlo, uh, when you have got that magic player in the, in the team, it, it doesn't have to be a 90-minute player, does he? Because as long as you know, at some point, he's going to make that killer pass, he's going to score the goal, he's going to win the free kick that leads to your winner. You don't mind the fact that he drifts through the rest of the game because you know that that bit of magic's going to be coming. Yeah. And, and the hardest thing has been, um, on, on the podcast, we always do a forecast, what's good the score going to be, who's going to be the first boundary scorer? And it becomes so hard because everybody is chipping in with goals. Um, and I think everybody that started yesterday has, has scored at least one goal this season, which in itself is like, you know, um, and people talk about the Vanticol. Um, I like the Vanticol because 
you've got those football fans, and you'll know them, Dave, that judge strikers on the goals that they score. Yeah. But actually, the Vantical, a lot of work that he does is is causing chaos in defenders for them to to misplace a pass for maybe Norwood to catch up on. Or So the Vantical works sort of like really, really, really hard. And, and everybody sort of said, yeah, he'll probably be the top scorer. But Phillips, I think he's got five or six. And they're all like goal of the month contenders, like out of the box, half volleys. And you sort of think, yeah, you know. And so if there is a wish list, you know, he's, he's, he's on there. Because um, I think he suits the, he suits the team. The, the style of play that we've got, but he also he also brings that calmness at times that you know we, we don't want yesterday in the derby, especially maybe yesterday in the derby when you know it's, it's South Yorkshire pride and and everything else, and and I just see him as a really calm player that keeps his head cool and just keeps running through walls for the cause and yeah I'm a, a very very valuable player and like you say if he scores a will be and sets up an assist I don't mind if he's invisible for the other seventy minutes because he's done his job hasn't he. Absolutely, absolutely. I really wish he was still in our team, to be perfectly honest with you, Carlo, but he's gone on yeah. to uh, bigger and better things and, and, and long may that continue. Uh, now, you're not giving me much confidence, Carlo, to be honest, that we're going to come to Oakwell and get very much out of the game, given how how well you've been playing this season, the run that you're currently on. Uh, now, as we speak, uh, we are talking before our game against MK Dons on Saturday, so hopefully we've made it two away wins all season, but as we speak right this very moment, we've won just once on the road. All, all season, five draws, and that has been it in League One on the road. Is there anything that you can give us any little crumb to cling on to that we could possibly cause an upset on Saturday? It's a game of football. You know, if you looked at the stats yesterday, everything indicated that Sheffield Wednesday on a 23 match unbeaten run will probably win again or scrape. And it, it's a game of football. And Barnsley being Barnsley, we do very Barnsley things that we might go on a run of 12 unbeaten and then lose 2-0 at home to Morecambe because that, that is what Barnsley is capable of. And, and I'm not, you know, blowing smoke up your rear side. You ask any Barnsley fan, that's a very Barnsley thing to do. We like to make it hard for ourselves at times. And we have been beaten at home, you know. So um, I think for, for Morecambe, it, it's about... You can either try to impose your play on Barnsley, and that's very, very difficult. You can go out and, and, and try and stop Barnsley playing. Just play your own game. You know, play to your strength. Because I think, um, you know, Barnsley is going to be, uh, you know, a high press, probably with Norwood and Cole, who, who will be all over and forcing mistakes. Because the philosophy is, if, if somebody in the defence misplaces a ball, we don't have to run 60 yards with the ball, go past four people to have a shot at goal, because we're in your half already. So, And that's very, like, Valerianist, Mellish. So... And um, nothing is a given. There is there is no match, whoever we play, where you go and say, nah, three points today, in it? Because we've seen from matches at home that that's just not the Barnsley way. And we beat you at our place as well. So I suppose that's something to cling well, exactly. on to at least. Exactly. We can say we did the double over Wednesday. Who is to say you can't go away from Oakwell and say we were the only team to do the double over Barnsley? Because it, it could though, couldn't it? You know what I mean? I hope not, but it could. Now, uh, Oakwell's a bit of a, a bit of a strange stadium, if you don't mind me saying, Carl. I've not been there for a few years. Uh, it, it's kind of well, where where it's located is a little bit strange from that from the first point of view, and then it's sort of half modern, half old school, isn't it? It's one of those kind of grounds. Yeah, um, the um, away stand um, is is probably one of the newer ones. Then you've got a two tiered stand to your left, um, the home end, which has been there a while, so. It's but it's the stand when you are at Oakwell on your right, the west stand. Half an inch towards towards the way end can be used because there are no toilet facilities. 
and the other half is is, is another sort of like away end but it's where the press sit as well um i volunteer for our local hospital radio so on on, on many match days i do hospital uh, for i do live commentary for people that are in badly hospital they get live and uninterrupted commentary and um, part of that is still the wooden seats you know the, the proper old style wooden seats and there is something of a a, a charm and, and and it is absolutely yeah um i think that yeah and this board is very much looking at you know they, they want to make oakwell more than just a tuesday night eight o'clock kickoff or a saturday three o'clock kickoff. they want to be a place where maybe people i don't know you know book weddings or, or have an evening out and you know you know like a sports bar kind of thing i think like you said, for where it is, it's very hard because there's a road behind, there's houses, so, so they can't do too much. And um, yeah, it is steep to this street. If, if, if when you walk to the away end uh, around the stadium, you know, there's the wall, bright red paint with shards of glass in cement so nobody can climb over. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it's got its charm, it has, um, but it is strange because you've got sort of like two very classic single tiers, the home and the away end, the, the double stand where all the executive boxes are. And then you've got the West stand, which is iconic. Um, you know, the toilets in there used to be a wall for gents. Um, so, you know, that, that says a lot about that end. Uh, but I suppose it, it, it's part of our history. And it's something I think a lot of people are like proud of the fact that it's still there. But uh, there comes a point where you need to just move on with the times, don't you? And, and, and make Oakwell maybe more than just a home for like a, a three o'clock football match. But maybe somewhere on a Saturday, say, why don't we meet Oakwell, have a couple of pints and then go into town? And I think that's what the board is sort of like looking at. Now, many Morecambe fans won't ever have been to Oakwell because there's not much history between the two sides, is there? So for the travelling away contingent, if they uh, do fancy wetting their whistle, Carlo, where do we go for a beer? Um, the the best thing I can say is um, literally a 10-minute walk from the, the club, uh, from, from Oakwell, is, uh, is a workingman's club called the East Dean Workingman's Club. They've got car parking as well. Um, I believe it's three quid and it's like there's somebody walking around to make sure nobody takes your car, which, you know, for Yorkshire folk, three quid is affordable in it, like it's price at a pint. Um, the main big function room, which holds about 300 people, is away. And then there's a smaller room at the side for home. And um, it tends to be visited a lot by those Barnsley fans, you know, with younger children, families. It's the East Dean Workingman's Club. Um, really nice stuff. And it's, it's one of those places where, you know, you, you maybe pay, I don't know, three, three and a half quid for a pint. And it's a proper pint. And it's in a glass, not in a plastic cup that you can't hold and stack and everything else. So um, I, I would probably say that is probably the best. It, and then the walk to Oakwell is actually downhill, which, you know, and then when you've won and, and you, the walk uphill doesn't matter, does it? You've paid okay. three quid for your car. You're happy. You're singing. So, yeah, I would say the East Dean Workingman's Club for away fans is probably the best one. And in fairness, because like you say, it, there is no like animosity between these fans. And um, it's quite because when the weather's nice, you know, when people stand outside and they're talking about because you see them all in different shirts. And, you know, people have photos taken and they have a talk about how's your team doing? Who should we watch? And it's just how football should be. Obviously, we couldn't do that on Tuesday night. But yeah, so if anybody's thinking of making the trip, East Dean Workingman's Club on Doncaster Road. What division are you going to be playing in next season? Oh, that's a difficult one. I, I tell you what, I'm, I will go for Barnsley will go up through the playoffs. I think. If if we just cement because it allows you to make a mistake, I suppose a little bit as well. But I I will I will say I will say Basley will go up via the playoffs because we we all like a date Wembley, don't we? 
Absolutely, and it's a great, it's a great. Well, I think the playoffs is the best way to go go up. To be honest with you, because like you say, you get your day out, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's it's a party atmosphere, isn't it? Uh, what about the weekend then, Carlo? How how do you see it happening? Um, it's it, it's really difficult. So we've got we 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 are um, we're not playing this weekend. We've got an away match. So we play you on the Saturday, the Tuesday before we're away at Exeter, uh, which is you know a, a bit of a track. Um, I will go for a home win. However, knowing what you did to us at your place, I, I, I don't expect us to score four. So I will go for a two-one home win. Yeah, Barnsley's home form, you know, it is it is very good at the moment. So um, you know, it won't be an easy match, you know. But I think the advantage for us is that Michael Duff instills in in, in his team that. Every match is 90 minutes and you can look at league position, but that doesn't always tell you the true story. And if you look at, if anybody looks at the stats from yesterday, but you don't see the full-time score, you probably think that, you know, Wednesday dominated, more shots at goal, more this, more this, this, but actually it didn't. So, you know, maybe we do play pressing football, but maybe Devante Cole is having an off day. Maybe not, but you know, do we have any injuries before that? So anything is possible, but being a Barnsley fan, then if we're going to slip up, then I'd rather do that against Morecambe than against Ipswich. So, oh, that's, that's very gracious of you to say that, Carlo. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, just before you go, give us the plug one more time for, for the Reds Report, the fantastic Reds Report. Where can we find it? Um, if you go on Twitter, it's at Reds Report underscore and uh, weekly episodes recorded on YouTube or via, I think it's Acast. So, yeah, you find us on there. Um, you know, it's not very technical. It's three blogs, sometimes two, um, just talking what, what about the match, their thoughts, their feelings links um so yeah it, it's very easy listening carlo uh, good luck we'll talk to you next time cheers cheers mate every kick every game every goal following morecambe fc in league one full match commentary of morecambe fc on beyond radio this is shrimps live from beyond radio